It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And a very good morning to you. Our lines are open 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 if there's something you wish to raise on the programme today or indeed comment on what we're discussing. You can always tweet us at C103 Cork. And this morning on the programme, St. Vincent de Paul, they're launching their annual appeal, which they do every time around this year. But as we have been hearing and you've heard on the show over the last month or so, the demand is higher than ever this year. It's their biggest year yet for coal they are receiving across the month of November in particular for those who are just in need in need of food in need of money and we have received calls from people not so much money but just food who have gone to St Vincent de Paul in the past have got vouchers for them some have helped other family members by passing the vouchers they receive onto them by passing any money they have onto their daughter or sons or loved ones and that leaves them then in the situation where there is no food in the fridge or in the and they are, the last resort was, and we had so many calls from people who just said they were embarrassed to go again to St Vincent de Paul and others in the community that helped people out in this situation. And I mean, Vincent de Paul and others like Feed Cork, they, they say, don't be embarrassed, you know, come to us. They won't be judging. And that's what people were feeling that they would be judged. So we have seen the calls here. Some you would have heard on air. Some you would have heard behind the scenes from people who contacted us. And we did have people in and about various areas of Cork City and County who came along and helped these people. It wasn't money. It was just simply basic food, such as bread, milk and eggs. And thankfully, our listeners came to the fore and went shopping and dropped the items at the front door of the person who was in need and they were happy. It was basically to get them over three or four days and we're hearing more of that. It's basically where people are running out of money and food for three or four days. So it's it's hard to imagine we're still in that type of society. And these aren't people, you know, who, when, when I, we always say this, will get flooded with calls and texts saying, you know, they're down and out. What are they doing? Why aren't they budgeting? We all budget. Uh, these people are budgeting, but I suppose what has happened over the last year or two has caught people out and they feel they have to help others in their families and their families aren't aware of what they're going through. Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome on 
that and we'll discuss that with Vincent de Paul shortly on the programme. Also, why the clock is ticking to save the Irish farming industry. We'll chat with the local IFA rep here in Cork, a well-known Harold Kingston, a farmer in the Cork McSherry area. And this is following on from a weekend protest in Dublin, whereby a number of farmers travelled from all over the country to Dublin to, uh, to highlight indeed what they feel is happening within the farming industry and why they feel they're being blamed for environmental reasons and what is happening to the environment and they feel it is unfair. We'll discuss that this morning on the programme. And also we're going to hear about a fundraiser in Bantry for a much-loved local man, Dennis Connolly, who was in a car accident earlier this year and now needs his home restructured to facilitate him to return home to Bantry. Uh, We'll chat with Dennis and indeed those fundraising for him this morning on the programme. And we're going to hear about a new app to reduce our food waste by way of sharing with our neighbours. This is, first of all, started in the UK. Now it's here in Ireland. So we're going to hear about that, how we all purchase maybe too much food sometimes and it might be in the fridge, but now we can share with our neighbours and maybe those who are in need. And you can do that via this new app. We'll discuss that this morning and find out more. And our regular show council Joe Heffernan will join us later discussing the habits of highly effective couples. So that and more to come between now and one o'clock and your views on those and anything else you wish to raise are welcome. 1850-333-103 by the phone. Bernie taking those calls or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. But uh, you'll be aware at this stage there's been a survey carried out over the last week or so and this carried out every week, but this uh, was to do with what's happening at the moment with the rising numbers in COVID. And it seems now that over half the country's population want tougher restrictions to curb COVID-19 cases and avoid a winter lockdown. Uh, this is the latest from this poll. It's a week after warnings about the steep rise in the case numbers was issued. And the Department of Health data reveals that 56% of people want the government to go further with more restrictions as many cancel their nights out and slash their social contacts and almost 57% say that they have decided to reduce the number of people they plan to meet between now and Christmas while 45% of people have cancelled plans. The poll by Amoric Research which tracks public opinion weekly on behalf of the Department of Health reveals a dramatic shift within the last week on the public opinion and how the government should manage the current surge in COVID-19 cases and not too sure if you agree or if, if you're like those who were surveyed in that poll do you think they should go further when it comes to restrictions or do you think what we have in place is enough? Everybody has done what they've been told to do uh, but still there's fears as increased capacity in our hospitals and our ICUs continue that something further may have to be done. Uh, your views are welcome on that according to that research. People do feel that and interesting like others, I know some a lot of my own mates are doing this, they're reducing their social contacts, they're, they're planning on not doing items they had planned between now and Christmas because the majority of us will be going home for Christmas, home to our, our parents and loved ones. And uh, the last thing anybody wants to do, despite any antigen tests and PCR tests, is to bring uh, back some virus or any type of virus back to the household. So uh, interesting your thoughts on that. And uh, when we mentioned there about the fears of under the lockdown that could change our uh, behaviour, I suppose, if things don't change in the next two or three weeks. But uh, because of that, Christmas parties, a number of them have been cancelled and that is now having a knock-on effect on the hospitality industry. So your views are welcome and all of that and should the government go further uh, and do some type of circuit breaker lockdown that we have seen in other countries. Also we discussed the antigen tests yesterday on the programme and the cost of them and how they are going to be subsidised. No, mixed views by the way on those tests. We had a lot of people who had done them 
and then went for a PCR test, including one lady who texted in at the very end of the show yesterday, whose husband went for an operation but needed to get a PCR test first, had done, I think it was five antigen tests. They were all negative and one PCR test was positive. Now, they don't know whether they're doing it right or wrong by way of the antigen tests and a lot of people calling for clarity and videos and how you use them because that could be an example whereby a lot of people are doing them, getting negative results, then going along to PCR and getting a positive. Uh, so we'll, you know, mix views when it comes to antigen testing. A lot of people are delighted they think it gives them peace of mind when they do one so interesting uh, difference on our texts and phones yesterday on that uh, but the deal to subsidise anyhow these antigen tests uh, they were very close to being finalised yesterday it was intended to be discussed this morning at Cabinet but that has been now uh, postponed the memo won't be brought to Cabinet this morning by the Minister Stephen Donnelly as you heard on the news there it's understood the delay is to allow more engagement with retailers about bringing them into subsidised from the very start of this so it could be next week now they reckon uh, before this actually happens and before we on the other side of it see the lower prices starting in the retail shops so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that of course last night then a subcommittee within the cabinet they have met when we hear from the hospitality industry regarding those who are out of work because of the changes there Uh, there's no change to the plans to reintroduce or indeed change the, the wage subsidy scheme for businesses on the 1st of December they are looking at everything regarding that, though, at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see uh, if they relook at. I know there's calls again for the PUP uh, to be open for those applying for it, considering what is happening uh, within the hospitality industry. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. And we had a lot of calls yesterday. We were speaking with the Cork East Deputy Sean Sherlock on energy blackouts and what needs to be done to prevent these happening over the winter periods. It is a warning. It might never happen, but there is fears that something needs to be put in place if it does happen. Well, the owners of a new data centres, they now will have to provide their own emergency power supplies to gain access to the national grid. And that's under new measures that were introduced and spoken about yesterday afternoon is to ease pressure on the electricity network. And the new rules on the grid and the connections to the grid, they include a requirement on future data centres to cut their consumption of power if required as part of efforts by grid operators to boost the security of supply. Now, they will be imposed on big technology companies by the Commission of Regulation of Utilities because this is again due to the concern of surging data centres would lead to these rolling blackouts and that would happen if their growth was not curtailed. So it seems now they'll need to provide their own electricity by way of generators if they are going to be on the grid here in this country and that's one of those solutions that they were hoping for yesterday that has come through that at least it would take the pressure off uh, those who uh, are relying on those big companies who do rely on the grid here like hospitals etc. Uh, your views are welcome 1850 You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and we're going to discuss this hopefully tomorrow with the Environmental Protection Agency in more detail. We'd like your views to want it and we'll as I say go into more detail on this on tomorrow's show uh, but the EPA are calling for Irish people across the country to take a break and break that emotional bond with their cosy fires. You'll be aware in urban areas, in some towns here in the county and across the city, you can't burn coal or certain smoky items in your fire. You have to buy smokeless coal. We had a big conversation about that over uh, the last year and indeed the last few years uh, because this is coming from air quality sensors. And they are coming from a number of towns across the country. And they're finding that certain towns had the worst air quality 
in Ireland over the last seven days. And those towns was one here in Cork, McCroom, uh, which was one of the worst offenders here in Cork. Also Tralee, Waterford, Letterkenny and Innes had the worst air quality over the last seven days. And they put it down to smoky fires. People sitting down enjoying the lovely cosy fire that everybody does love. Uh, but they want Irish people to break the bond with that fire. Your views are welcome on that. And as I say, we'll go into more detail tomorrow on that situation. Text or WhatsApp 86 103 103. But Garth Brooks, he was in Crow Park yesterday and a lot of people are, have a big interest in Garth Brooks in this country, even though I see on texts and WhatsApps here when I was speaking to Ken, there's mixed views on him. But he says the 2014 debacle over his Dublin concerts was heartbreaking and the number one selling solo artist in US history. Well, he was and came to Crow Park yesterday. This was, of course, to promote his two concerts that he's planning next September at Croker. And our Dublin reporter, Mike Gilmore, was at Crow Park for us and he first asked Gareth about the five gigs the last time round. Would he like five gigs again this time around? Here's what Gareth said. What happened in 2014 was a freaking miracle. I mean, who does numbers like that, right? So you got 400,000 hard tickets in one city, one show. It's impossible. There's no way we're going to do that number again. There's just no way. So I think what the thing is was what I wanted was the chance for all five shows to be there for, for the five, pe- for the five bunches of people that got them. It's very sweet that we've been granted that. We'll give back the shows that that we don't use, but I, I can't see us doing five. It'd be, that would be. Would I like it? Yes, I would love it. Is it going to happen? I think it would be. Um, it would be impossible. So no five gigs this time around and also the licensing has to come into question regarding that as well. But uh, Mike also asked him, did he remember the controversy the last time around in Ireland and the fallout as a result of those gigs being cancelled? I probably understood as much as I could. But at the same time here, you probably couldn't understand. It was like a death in the family to us. Man, that hurt. Hurt, hurt, hurt. So, um... I was telling Nancy, my thing is just try not to get emotional, right? Because it's still very fresh for me. It's like something I'd never experienced. And one of those things where you go, surely this isn't going to end this way, right? So it was one of those things that was a little hard to, to understand. Um, but you, your parents raise you to hopefully know what right and wrong is. What my right and wrong is what your right and wrong might not be the same, but we both believe in them. Okay, fair enough. So the right thing to do, it all was based on, it all was based on a group of people out of Limerick. When the first three went on sale, Ticketmaster went down in Limerick, and nobody from Limerick got tickets. So when Peter said they're going to, t- they're going to let you do two more shows. Ticketmaster sent a whole crew up to Limerick and made sure everyone in the queue was taken care of. That brings this. Thank God. We did what was right. We got what was right. And now we were told, you're going to have to tell those two shows or pick any two shows, right? I, I, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was raised to be as right. So we either all win together or we all lose together. And uh, so I chose the I chose the latter. 
And following on then from what he spoke about there and what happened in 2014 with Ireland, the government, and at the time, uh, the people of Ireland, and indeed Garth himself, is everything forgiven now? Oh, it's not mine to forgive. I don't, I don't hold anything to anybody. you got to understand, if you have a chance to play Ireland, you're the lucky son of a bitch. You just are. The fact that you got to sell 400,000 tickets... Oh my God, that's that's amazing. So that alone, you take with you. Thank you, right? But the chance to now get to come back and 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 get to play for those people, that's that's a wonderful thing. But all is forgiven. It's it's not. I don't hold a grudge against anybody. I felt lucky for the opportunity. The opportunity was swept away, and I thought it was gone. And then when I got the call from Peter in a sweet, funny, his own kind of humorous way. Hey, um, would you be interested in playing Ireland, right? <laughs> like, Peter, if I could reach you this phone, I'd grab you right now. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. So there, there is nothing for me to be forgiven. If, if anything is to be forgiven, it's from those people that had those tickets. And if they will forgive me for whatever part I played in it and come back and see us, it would be very sweet. I'm wondering if you have your ear out or if you have any Irish talent has caught your ear of late. And I know you've said you haven't given much consideration to the Support Act just yet, but I'm wondering, would you give an opportunity to some local emerging talent you know, to get that chance? You have to, don't you? I mean, that's, that's the fun part of it. And, and please don't think I'm twisted or sick. I love to put some, a new artist in front of 70,000 people. <laughs> just pat them on the butt. Go get them, killer. Right? And then watch what happens. Some of them totally fall apart. And you know what you do with them? You take them to the next city and do it again. Right? Because they're going to get better and they're going to get better. Some go out there and immediately just like a duck to water. You know what you do with them? Never work with them again because they're going to take your place. Right? So, so, yeah, that's the fun part. Get these people in. Get them as scared as you are. Nervous as you are. Go out, watch them succeed and fail. But what's the great thing is, Bob Dole can tell you this, is watching your artists learn. Watching them while they're in the fire. Watching them take it in, go, okay, that didn't work. Ooh, that works really well, right? And you watch them and you get to be a part of them growing up. Well, good to hear he's going to nourish new Irish talent and indeed new talent across the world. And of course, Garth Brooks speaking to our Dublin reporter, Mike Gilmore, at Crow Park yesterday and a lot of different views regarding Garth. Uh, first of all, uh, somebody here is saying he should not be put up on a pedestal. He let a lot of people down when he did not perform before them last time round. And Jer asking, what is Ireland's obsession with Garth Brooks? While and somebody else on WhatsApp says, morning, if I got tickets for him for free, I wouldn't go. Uh, he's overrated. And then I have a flood of tickets saying, I love Garth Brooks. I'm definitely going to get tickets. I think he's fantastic. He said yesterday he's going to play his older songs. And I love that. And somebody similar, Shirley, saying, can't wait to go and see him. Going to try for tickets. And I love artists who play all their songs, new and old. And he said that yesterday. Indeed, he said he would play all those big hits uh, from the 90s. And indeed, his latest hits as well over the last number of years. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 St. Vincent de Paul launches its annual appeal as calls for help this year are at their highest level for a long time. Paddy O'Flynn is SVP's regional president and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Paddy. Uh, good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us this morning. Your theme this year is impossible choices and it's very apt because that is what we are hearing on our phones and tech service over the last month from parents ahead of Christmas. Yeah, our, our 
appeal the theme this year is impossible choices for families because clearly, as it, as it says, yeah, their income is, is, is limited, it's curtailed, and of course this year co- families are experiencing huge cost inflation and as they come up to Christmas, they're struggling to make ends meet anyway with the cost of living. And as they come up, come up to Christmas, of course, they're faced with with uh, huge demands for family, for children, and for all the usual um, Christmas Christmas requirements. So it is a question of impossible choices, uh, which we uh, we try to manage and try to help people with as best we can. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of this, I suppose, more so this year is because of the pandemic, but also we've seen inflation increase and the cost of everything is increasing. And outside of the petrol and diesel costs and groceries, they're leading to increases then in other sectors. So it's having a knock-on effect for families and that is where you have families helping others, but then getting cut out themselves because the mother might be helping her family, then she gets cut out because she's giving her money and food to them. So there's a roll-on effect for, for family and friends. It's a huge, it's a huge knock-on effect. But just to go back, yes, we launched the national launched the uh, Christmas appeal yesterday nationally by Ryan Tuberty. Um But I, I think what you want to talk to me is about Cork, and uh, clearly, I've just I'm in the office at the moment with with, with three information officers working very hard, fielding calls like at numbers that we've never experienced before. Um, we we did anticipate a bit of a cliff edge as we come out of COVID for some time back but we never really anticipated what's happening now. It's quite un- un- unprecedented, and, and it's, it's driven, of course, by, as you said, uh, the fact that POP has almost disappeared, COVID is co- but COVID is still with us, but more, most importantly of all, of course, we have uh, huge increases in the cost of living. Um, food prices are up hugely, gas, electricity, petrol, and we have to talk about petrol because with school, children going to school and so on, a car is no longer a luxury. It's, a, it's an absolute basic necessity. And, of course, heating is, in, is incredibly expensive. Like, I, I just I said to you, I just took a, a fill of oil myself last week. Uh, last, late last year, it cost me 68 euro a litre. Now it cost me 89 euro a litre. That's about nearly 30% of an increase. Huge increase. So, yeah, I mean, these are the practical realities we're seeing on the ground. So, therefore... The calls we are getting are from people who are experiencing these these expenses. They are a bit frightened coming up to Christmas, and uh, we try to help them every way we can. And um, it is a bit of a crisis, to be honest. And um, uh, there's no getting away from it. But we we do everything we can to 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 help them. And um, in fact, we like to encourage people who are frightened not to go anywhere else, not to go to money lenders. We we can advise. We have lots of ways of helping. We can give very good advice. Our conferences out there are very well, members are very well trained. Our volunteers have been through all of this before, perhaps not to the same extent, but uh, we're well able to cope with these kind of demands. And um, even though we are stretched financially, we, we, are, we, we, we will never turn anybody away. In fact, we encourage people to come to us, especially at this time of year, because we are always looking with compassion, especially when you look at children, children and the elderly who might be, uh, who, whose families might be scrounging and, and skimping to keep the roof over their head and keep food on the table. But, you know, we would hate to think that we could we, 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 we could stand idly by and not make sure that children have food on the table and plenty of heat. So we are very conscious of our, of our, of our mission in that regard, especially coming up to Christmas. So, yeah.
and for people not yeah. to be embarrassed. I know we get a lot of people here who say they're too embarrassed to contact yourselves, but that's not something you, you don't judge. You'll try and help them as much as, as you can because I know always in this discussion we'll get people texting in saying, you know, why can't people budget? I budget. Why can't others budget? But the people that are coming to you more so, I, I would think from the last number of years, they are working and they are doing the best they can. But as you mentioned there with the rising cost of everything, they're just getting caught out. Yeah, I mean, people shouldn't be embarrassed to come to us. We, we are well able to deal with people gently. We don't make judgments. We, we treat everybody on, on, on their merits. We, we have a very, very good system of assessing the need of the people who come to us. Um, we're, we're, we're very generous with our help. Um, and um, we would like to think that people uh, wouldn't hesitate to come to us. Um, and we help people. We never turn people away. Uh, we assess their needs and we help them and we help them many different ways. We help them with, with fuel, with coal. We, we can negotiate uh, with utility bills where there's a threat of disconnection. We can uh, we provide food hampers. And of course, we provide food vouchers uh, very much, uh, very much now because and we deliver those to, to people. Clearly, unfortunately, we're still not able to visit visitation in, our, in people's homes because of the lingering effects of COVID. But we are finding ways around it and our volunteers have done a wonderful work in the last year and a half in finding ways around the COVID and, and, and still servicing that great need that's out there. So, And we'll continue to do it for as long as we need to. Yeah. And something that was mentioned yesterday at your launch and people we, we always suggest and think of families when we have this conversation but this is for families who may not own their own home they could be renting a home and also for those who are maybe renting a, an apartment or house sharing a lot of tenants who are struggling with rent now some are very lucky to have good landlords who they can negotiate with but not everybody's in that situation whereby they can't negotiate with a landlord or they could be going through an agency or a company. Yeah, well, I didn't mention rent there, but rent is a major, a major cost, uh, and of course, it's the first, it's the first, it's the first item that a, 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 a family will always pay because they're so conscious of keeping a roof over their heads, in spite of the fact that they may be paying exorbitant rents, they may be paying unfair rents, but they will always be very conscious of the need to keep the roof over their head, and when they do this and they're paying very high rent, other things will suffer in that family. Uh, and the things that suffer most of all usually are food, uh, uh, food and perhaps heating, which is where we come in. So indirectly, we help people to pay rent by helping them to with with with, with other bills uh, and and so our vouchers and hampers and all the rest of it. Yes, we are very very conscious of the rent pressures that exist out there, and which unfortunately show no sign of abating. No. And the other thing I should say is that the, the recent budget made an effort to alleviate uh, the, the, the issues that we're talking about, but in fact, they, di- they didn't, they were only minimal, uh, and in fairness to, to the government, they did something, but they didn't really uh, anticipate the kind of rampant inflation we're seeing at the moment. And for those who wish to donate to yourselves and who wish to give back, who, who have the facility and have the money to give to yourselves, Paddy, how can they do that? Well, they can do it in many ways. We can, they can actually uh, just do www.svp.ie and then they can nominate the local area, or the local village or the local town or the local uh, area into which they need to, would like to donate. They can 
phone, they can telephone their donations to 0818-176-176. That's 0818-176-176. And again, they can nominate the location to which they would like to see the donation sent. Um, and, uh, of course, at the moment, there are, are blue envelopes circulating in the community and in churches and in many different locations, which would help people who otherwise might have contributed to our church gate. Uh, that's an aid to them to put some money in those blue envelopes. That's a, a, another way to help us. And the other thing is we are currently raffling um, a beautiful Ford Focus for €25,000. Tickets are on sale for that in many places at €5 uh, a piece, uh, 5 for €20. Euro. Um, and the other thing I'm reminded is that, look, if I may take another half a second, mm-hmm. uh, what we want to do is is to ask the people who have a little, a, a little to share. And I, I'm reminded of this little saying which I heard last week, which says, which goes like this: that when we share, there is enough for all. When we don't share, some have too much, and others have far too little. So I'd like our generous people of Cork to remember that uh, when they begin to um, consider our the work we do in the lead up to Christmas. Um, Okay, Paddy, well, you have, uh, as I say, all your local areas here in Cork are doing great work and we've been dealing with them on the on this issue and others over the past few weeks, uh, given the volume of calls that, that people are receiving and indeed uh, contacting ourselves and SVP for help. So the very best of luck to you and uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Paddy. Please direct them out. Please direct them to us. We will cope with every single one of them. We yeah. will indeed. And thanks, thanks, thanks for contacting Bye-bye. us and calling us. That is Paddy O'Flynn there. He's the St. Vincent de Paul Regional President. And that just goes to show what is happening on the ground for a lot of families and a lot of working families getting caught out with the rising costs and everything in this country at the moment. Your views are welcome. 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. The Irish Farmers Association says the clock is ticking to save the future of the industry in Ireland. It's accused the government of expecting more and more for less where the Climate Action Plan is concerned. 70 tractors and a convoy drove through Dublin city centre on Sunday in a protest that was scaled back because of the pandemic. Harold Kingston is a farmer in Cork McSherry and a member of the IFA. He joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Harold. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, I saw signs from the protest on Sunday that said no farmers, no food. And a lot within the industry feel that they are the ones being picked on when it comes to climate change due to many within the farming industry believe that there's a lack of knowledge in this country when it comes to food production. Yeah, like there, there, there's a lot of what you were going through there in terms of of, of the, the need to produce food and the need to deal with climate. And I suppose in terms of, of, of picking on, on farmers, like if, if you look at what happened in, in COP26 in, in Glasgow there a couple of weeks ago, where, you know, the, the big uh, global users of coal, uh, India and, and China, managed at the very last minute to, to get a change in it where... Instead of phasing out coal, it's phasing down coal, and and it's about hitting net zero by by twenty seventy instead of twenty fifty. And meanwhile, in in Ireland, uh, we've uh, a climate action plan. Um, well, it's called a plan, but it's, there's no plan there yet. A, a climate climate action act, 
that is in place that that ensures that we're heading towards the net zero by 2050. Every sector uh, is asked to do do their part, but right now, in terms of what agriculture is asked to do, uh, the only way that we can hit it in in the current calculations is actually by reducing food production. And one of the issues was raised at the time was the national herd and a number of weeks ago on the programme the Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConnell he joined me I put it to him about that and he straight out said no that there'd be no cut to the national herd and then Antonio Shilivraker was asked the same later that day and he said the same I mean do you believe them because environmentalists have said how is it going to work unless they tackle something so do you think that they're that they're right that they're being honest that they won't touch the national herd in this country? Yeah, I heard that interview um, because I think I think that was the one immediately before he had a meeting in in Kentucky. It was, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I was heading to that 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 event at the time when when I was listening to the interview. Look, what seems to be happening is that yes, there is no plan to and like when when you talk about cutting the herd, it's basically cutting production because mm. it, it would be exactly the same whether whether it was growing tillage crop or, or whatever. This is about reducing production in order to hit targets. The reality is that if you look at what is happening under nitrates regulations at the moment, which still hasn't been, as I mean, sorted out. It's supposed to be sorted out in the next couple of weeks, and we and we, we still haven't seen how that's going. That's looking at putting extra regulation on, on dairy farming in particular, but every farmer, uh, to, to make it more difficult to actually... Uh, maintain stocking rates or, you know, it's reducing the area that you're allowed to till. Same with the CAP, where there's there's winners and losers on the funding, um, but the reality is that the, the focus is now on funding environmental measures and and staying away from, from the original reason the CAP was put in place, which was to actually deliver uh, a safe and secure food supply for Europe. And within that, I know a lot of farmers were on to us this morning. They feel that uh, this cap reform will make some parts of farming unviable. Would you agree Absolutely. with them on that? Yeah, yeah. Like, look, what what we're facing is at, at the moment, based on on Chagas figures, there's there's about a third of Irish farmers that are viable as a as a standalone business unit. Uh, after that, then you have another third which are sustainable, and sustainable being because of the fact they have another income. So whether it's the farmer themselves. Or, or a spouse or a family member with a, with another income, and that's the way that that household is is maintaining income. And then you have this uh, extra third that they're they're not necessarily unsustainable or unviable, but they're vulnerable. And and there's questions being asked as to whether whether they can keep going. And it may be a case that they'll be put into a position by by this regulation uh, that they'll scale down their enterprise, take on a different job or whatever, and and end up in that they, they become into the sustainable sector by reducing production so that they they reduce their time on the farm. And like that might make sense for them, but the reality when you look at, at you know the, the number of jobs that that are dependent on us producing a product, uh, you know, the likes of your, your Carberry or your Dairy Gold or your ABP or your your feed suppliers, your fertiliser suppliers, the, the people who supply the working clothes to farmers, the tractors, all those people are dependent on us producing a product and being active. And if it is a case that we have to reduce our activity in order to meet our climate targets, then that's why we're talking about saving Irish farming in this campaign. You know, if if we're reducing our activity 
reducing our food production, then the whole of rural Ireland suffers. And like you know, it, it's not a case that the people in, in transport they're they're expected to, to to reduce their their emissions as well. But it's not by taking lorries off the road; it's about making them more efficient. Yeah. Whereas in you farming, know. you you simply on the plan, as you said, there it's all plans, nothing concrete as yet. But they are plans to be put in place. Food production would suffer. But if if we then suffer here in this country, there's a lot of other countries who aren't so worried about their carbon footprint, and mm. we're going to lose out to them and possibly import food. So that could happen. The food we grew here could mm. be imported. You could mention the, the sugar tobacco a few years ago. Exactly. And look, even the same, you know, if you look at the fact that our, our emissions in Ireland from steel production uh, dropped substantially once we closed Hall Boland, we, we effectively, we offshored the emissions and now we have people complaining about the emissions in China. Of course there's emissions in China. The reason being that that we, we expect them to produce a lot of our production for us. You know, um, industrial emissions in, in the UK went down substantially because they offshored likewise. You know, and, and we could do the same here. We could we could be great little country, reduce all our agriculture emissions and, and buy in our food and, and that's that's a cop out as far as I'm concerned. You know, you you deal with the with the issue that you have and and you and you work on it. And look, there, there's there's an awful lot of work being done in inside in Chinook Farm there in in Bandel. There's there's research being done there which shows that we can uh, hit uh, net zero by 2030 on that farm. That's possible to do uh, scientifically, but legally at the moment, it's not possible to count that. And that's what we're facing here. You know, and there's no plan to actually actually deliver that at the moment. You know, we we can do this. Uh, I'm very confident it, it's an incredibly exciting time to be involved in farming with all the scientific advances that are coming. Uh, and, and even even current scientific uh, knowledge that we have, our knowledge of soils is growing so much every every day. The, the knowledge of the grass we produce and, 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 and grazing that, plant breeding, it, it's all in, improving so rapidly, it's, 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 it's incredible. But we can't count it. And the only way we can count at the moment is actually to cut production. And, and if you start cutting production, then, then the ability to earn income uh, drops and, and it happens for the whole of rural Ireland, just not just the farmers. Yeah, a lot of farmers agree with you there. They want to get in and be involved on the environment side of things. They're willing to change. But as you say, it's counting that change is, is the problem. Very finally... We've, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've always changed. That's yeah, the over the years. Yeah. yeah. Very finally, Harold, because uh, I must go to news at 11, but two questions that have come in here. First of all, a young farmer who says he's worried about the future and the cap reform and succession is a big issue. I mean, I presume you were hearing that on the ground, the, the worry for the future of the industry because of everything being discussed. Well, look, it, it, it's a crucial thing that, you know, the only way that we can keep farming is that there's there's constant flow of people through and we need to encourage those people. And and like, if you, 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 whether you realise it or not, like I, I drove a tractor to, to Dublin, but but the reality was I was a passenger for most of it. My, my, my son, who will be shortly 17, Clive, He's a student in, in, in Clonakilty Community College. He, he did most of the driving, and, and I, I need to, to do this in order to secure a future for him. Uh, Corny Buckley from West Cork drove up, uh, and he took his, his, his six-year-old grandson, uh, Gerard, with him. We, we owe a future to him, uh, and, and that's, that's what we're about. This is, this is about saving farming for them for the future. And finally, uh, John Paul, when you're talking to Harold Kingston, can you ask him, why were the EU milk quotas rules changed back in 2008? Uh, this text reveals that discrimination against farmers with young families to favour big partnership farming at the time. I'm not sure of exactly what particular one it was there, but look, the, the reality was that um, quotas were put in place at a time 
when when production was was uh, exceeding the demand. The reality now is that we we have uh, an excess demand over what we're capable of producing, um, and and you know the population is growing. Uh, we have an ability to produce food in this country, uh, and and we need to be allowed to do that. Uh, you know the the, the the question. You know, are are farmers capable of uh, feeding ten billion people in the world? Yeah, we can if we're allowed. Okay, we'll leave it there, Harold. Thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. That is IFA member and a farmer in Cork, Mark Shurry, Harold Kingston. Your views are welcome. Text or WhatsApp 0862103. Lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments across the show or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. A lot of calls and comments in on the various issues we were discussing before 11 o'clock. One of those on if there should be a change to restrictions. Mixed views on that. But you would have heard there on news at 11 with Barry that Gardaí and Canturk are appealing for witnesses in relation to a break-in that occurred at a domestic residence in the Millview Road area of Canturk. Sergeant John Kelly joins me on this with an appeal. Uh, good morning to you, John. Good morning, John Paul. Thanks okay, you're looking for information and basically for anybody who saw anything in that area on yesterday. What happened here? I suppose approximately uh, 3.25 in the afternoon, the injured party left their home at uh, Millview Road in Cantork. Uh, they returned again at uh, 10 to 5, 16.50. So when they came back to the property, they discovered that a rear wind in the property had been forced um, and a house had been entered and uh, uh, an amount of cash and jewellery had been taken. Um, so I suppose the Gaudi were, were contacted. Now, it turned out, it transpired that at about 10 past 4, um, a car was seen travelling at speed down from that area towards Cantork. Now, it was a three-series BMW, silver in colour, uh, registration plates, 11D, D for Delta, 39144. That went into Cantork. It, it turned there across the bridge. Um, it, it, sorry, it headed towards the, the bridge at Cantork. Um, subsequently, that particular car was involved in... Uh, uh, travelling at speed, collided with another car, or a jeep, actually, at Windmill in Churchtown. Now, the driver of the car it collided with, he saw four males inside the car. They were wearing masks and baseball caps. Um, and it, it, the actual crash occurred on a narrow country road. Um, and it, it was because of excessive speeding of the of the silver BM, BMW. It was unable to stop. Now, there was... Uh, damage done to the car, damage done to the front driver's bumper of that car. Again, I'd stress uh, a silver 3 Series BMW, 11D39144. Now, uh, it was heading at the time down that road uh, when it was in the collision. It was heading towards the railway gates by the Cork Limerick Road between Lee's Ballyhay and Ballyhay. Now, it reversed. Uh, following, uh, following hitting the, the Jeep, it reversed. It was quite drivable. It reversed, and it was last seen heading in the direction of Liscal. And just on the timing there again, when that accident happened in Churchtown, that was yesterday afternoon. Did you say after four o'clock? The accident occurred in Churchtown at sixteen thirty-five, uh, twenty-five to five. Um, but we believe the burglary occurred um, just before ten past four. So. Uh, he, he probably, even though the injured party left the house at uh, fifteen twenty-five, we believe that the burglary occurred uh, sometime in the region four to ten past four. 
Uh, as I said, the car travelled, we believe, down uh, from Mill- Millview, uh, down into Kentork, across the bridge, and as I say, subsequently it was involved in the traffic accident at 16.35. So now, anybody with we, dash cam footage in those time periods you mentioned there would be vital in this? Absolutely. We're appealing to anyone who is driving anywhere in the Liscal Kentork region uh, and observed uh, a silver BMW 3 Series travelling at speed. If you have dash cam footage, uh, we would be very interested in viewing it. Uh, again, the Ma- Gardaí at Mallow, 022-21105. The Gardaí at Kentork, their number is 029-206-80. Now, that, that car was probably in the region of Kentork and other areas earlier that day. And we believe that it may have been involved in, in a number of burglaries over the, over the last week or 10 days as well, you know, that it has already uh, been used in crime. So we'd appeal to anybody who has any dash cam footage, you know, please contact us, uh, either at Mallow, as I said, or at Kentuck. And again, to emphasise the number of the car there, it was a silver 3 Series BMW, 11D39144, and it was last seen heading in the direction of Liscount. Uh, sometime around uh, 16.35 yesterday. Okay, well if anybody does have any information, John, they can contact Kenturk Garda Station on 029-20680 or indeed any local Garda Station. And I suppose to note there on that car, the damage uh, on the front of that car following that collision. Yeah, correct, to the front driver's bumper. That would make it obvious Um, to a lot of people. Yeah, and it may be that somebody even observed this car earlier stopping at a service station. Uh, you, you know, it would have to fill up with diesel or, or petrol as well. It may have pulled in. It may have pulled in to maybe try and partially fix up some of the damage up the road. Um, you know, um, so as I said, last seen heading in the direction of this car. And if anybody could help us, we'd be very grateful. Okay, John, thank you for that. Uh, that is Sergeant John Kelly joining us there. And again, if you have any dash cam footage, you were in those areas John mentioned, or you might have seen that car over the last number of days across the North Cork area contact Kenturk Garda Station on 029 20680 you can also contact the Garda Confidential Line on 1800 666 111 or indeed call in or contact any of your local Garda stations now a lot of calls earlier on in the show when we mentioned that survey that has come out from Amorak Research a survey they do every week and this tracks public opinion on behalf of the Department of Health and the latest opinion on further lockdowns is that 56% of people feel the government need to go further with more restrictions as many people are saying they are cancelling nights out and indeed their social contacts will on that. A number of calls and comments first of all a texter here saying no they should not change to any more restrictions. Enough is in place at the moment it's not going to stop the house parties that are the major cause of all of this while Joanne says we've done what we can do. At this stage if they are going to implement anything it needs to be short but don't punish us that have been asked to do everything and we've completed that I would hate to think that we'll be back to one of those 5k or 20k lockdowns please nothing like that and remember there's no talk of anything like this and there's no talk of anything happening but they are looking into maybe looking at further restrictions due to the fact that the numbers are rising there's nobody saying there's going to be a lockdown but there could be something uh, restriction wise coming back in Uh, while Margaret says I think we do need to have some measures in place while people are taken among themselves to cut their social contacts and everybody will and not everybody will not go out either we all know that the parting is starting earlier and then finishing up with house parties this could be the cause of it 
I know some students who were out last week, but thankfully the ones I knew all did antigen tests before they come home. But for Christmas, everybody will be returning home and returning home to vulnerable people, also to grandparents. We need to consider this and the run up to Christmas. Uh, while Leanne says, while I do agree that we have to be careful, I don't agree on further restrictions. I feel what we have in place is enough. I don't agree with the midnight closing. I don't see how that would make any difference, says Leanne, because now nightclubs are opening at 6 o'clock. So what was happening God midnight is now happening at 10pm. So that hasn't worked so I don't know what else they can do but I would be against further restrictions uh, than what we have in place at the moment, says Leanne. Uh, while Julie saying, while it's very tough on people at the moment and as we approach Christmas I don't know where we can go from here. With ICU beds full and hospitals under pressure, we must respect our frontline staff. I have a friend who works in a city hospital. They are under so much pressure at the moment within the ICU and that ward. Uh, she says that if it continues, they don't know how they can manage. A lot of this is due to lack of resources in the health service and indeed lack of staff. And because of this, now we are all suffering. Something needs to happen. Uh, but what that can be, I don't think anybody can take further lockdowns. But if there is restrictions, in what shape or form should they be? Uh, that's from Julie on text or WhatsApp. Oh, Eight six two one zero three one zero three. There's some of your calls and comments there regarding uh, the what could be further restrictions coming down the line or would you welcome them? And mixed views it's 50-50 really uh, from what's coming in on text and WhatsApp to us if people want further restrictions or not we'll have to wait and see but overall people are uh, according to people texting us anyway and calling us they are looking at their social contacts and reducing them themselves regardless of what happens anyhow we'll get to a lot more of your calls and comments also uh, on that uh, we have a comment in also there's a lot of people yesterday by the way on to us about um, bus stops and bus stops along the North Cork route from Cork to Limerick in New Tupot House and in Granada. We did get onto bus there and they've just issued us with a statement and I'll bring that to you later in the show. Uh, but I have a text here on WhatsApp from Clonakilty from a person who lives in Clonakilty and received both vaccines there. But she got an appointment for Bantry yesterday for her booster and she wants to know is it possible to change it to Clonakilty? Well, we did contact the HSC on this and they've just come back to us to tell us that the Clonakilty Centre in Ahamilla that is now closed so the person would have to travel for the booster either to Cork City or to Bantry. So for that person in Clonakilty, the time you've got for Bantry, uh, it's Bantry you will have to go to as according to the HSC, the centre in Clonakilty is now closed. We'll get through a lot more of those calls and comments between now and one o'clock but your views are welcome 1850 333 103 or you can text or whatsapp 086 2103 C103 Jobs But on today's job spot we have opportunities which include general labourer wanted for black block layers in the North Cork area you can call 086 997 for further details Drivers and helpers are wanted for refuse collection in the Mallow area. Contact Brian on 086-3821-530 or you can email him, brian at countryclean.ie. And a taxi driver is wanted for the Bantry area. PSV licence is essential. Contact Liam on 086-8556189. These details and more, they're online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 Dennis Connolly suffered life-changing injuries following a car accident earlier this year. The community of Bantry are now rallying around Dennis to adjust his home so he can return back to Bantry from the National Rehabilitation Unit. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In Dunleary, where Dennis now joins me from. Good morning to you, Dennis. Uh, good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining uh, us. And I know Liam O'Brien is on the other line as well, who is organising the fundraising side of this. But Dennis, yeah. just starting with yourself, and we'll go back to the summer and back to June when the accident took place. Can you remember what happened on that day? Well, that was a lovely, a lovely June day. I was driving to Cork and I had my beloved dog with me, Tara. And of course... I take Cara to Cork every month for hydrotherapy because she has hip dysplasia and this was help her a lot and keep her going. So this day was no different. I was driving up the back road to Cork and one minute I was driving and the next minute I was being pulled out of my car. Now, there must be about half an hour to 45 minutes gone out of my life because I didn't hear the crash. I didn't feel the crash. I understand from what I heard that the car mounted a ditch and turned over on its roof. And I heard no sound whatsoever. When I came through, I heard people talking and I was dangling from the seatbelt inside. I looked down and I saw the dash and out through the dash I saw the road. So I thought... This is a bit peculiar. I'm I'm upside down. And then I felt I had no life in my in my hands uh, or my legs. But then I was cut out and taken into the ambulance. So I, I never saw the car even. And, and I, Dennis, you have no way of, of knowing or did anybody know how the accident happened or what led to that situation? Well, the, the only answer I can come up with 
was a complete and total blackout, you know, because if someone if someone fell asleep, by God, the first bang you'd wake up quick. But this I didn't hear. No sound, felt nothing, no no crash, didn't hear. I was taken up to COH and Cork. I was then driven through the night by ambulance to the Matter Hospital in Dublin. Uh, I had C4 injuries, a broken neck. So there they decided to do an operation. So first thing that morning, I had two screws. Uh, all I heard was a black and decker screwing two screws into the side of my head. My head was mounted and realigned on my neck. And then I was into the operating theater. And the operation itself was about five hours. I mean, it was it was a tough operation because you don't want to hit the device box or anything. So they went in from behind and in from the front. And Dennis, while you were out cold, I, I hope anyhow for the operation, when you're mentioning there about what they did uh, with the screws in pushing into your head, were you semi-awake for that? I was, but they just didn't, uh, didn't decide it ahead. That was about seven o'clock in the morning. I was awake and I was told what was happening and it actually happened before I knew it. You know? That was pretty scary, I'd imagine, was it? Well, it's, well it's, it's, not a, it's not a very nice feeling. It feels black and, black and decker attacking you, is it? But you couldn't but, feel anything? No, I, the, the, the head was dead. I just felt the vibration. So I was there a week and I was transferred back to CUH. Now, the reason I was transferred back to COH was for ongoing treatment while I was waiting for a slot in in, in our Hedgeton Leary. And that's where I am now today. It's a state-of-the-art hospital, just opened last year. Every patient has their own bed. When you walk in the front door, you think you're in a five-star hotel. But the star, what, what, what the star of this place, is the is, is is the is the staff the staff are outstanding here? I can't praise them enough. Well, that's fantastic <laughs> to hear. They're looking after you well, so Dennis, there in well, Dunleary. I'll tell you, it's literally like a home away from home, and you know, it, it, it's like we're like a little family. And talking about family, one thing I miss is the raw family in Bradford. I know, and that's why we're having a chat with you today so that you can, at some stage, return to Bantry again and back to your home there. And I suppose when you mentioned there, when you woke up in the car and you, you were, as you said, dangling upside down, looking out the window, did you have any yeah. inclination at that stage what was going to lie ahead for you? Did you know you were seriously injured? Or was it later when you were taken by ambulance you realised then when you got to the hospital that there was something very seriously wrong? Well, I knew there was something wrong and... I don't know, it, I just kind of accepted it straight away. There was never any shock, and I kind of just went with the flow or whatever. And you're remaining happened. positive throughout. I, I can hear that in your voice. You're, you're very positive about this situation, Dennis. Oh, oh yeah. The, like, there's no point in, in looking forward now. Mm. We, we have to be positive, and there's no point in looking back. We have to be positive and look forward now. I mean, it's God's will. And uh, we, we can only hope, hope for the best. 
And you mentioned there your beloved canine friend, uh, Cara, who is well known across Bantry. People will will be aware of yourself and uh, Cara because you're you're a well-known photographer as well. And you've sent us beautiful pictures over the years here to the radio station as well, Dennis, from the Bantry area. And and, uh, Cara and the accident. Oh, yeah, it was Tara. Tara was very lucky. I had her wedged in a special, in a special dog, dog a carrier, you know. She was wedged between uh, the front seat and the back seat, and she came out of it without a scratch. But obviously, she must have turned over on her back. But, you know, she came out without a scratch. Thanks be to God, you know, because... Yeah, and and I presume she's been looked after in Bantry. And, and do you get to see her when, when you're in the Cork or, or in hospital? Or how is that working? Do you have to wait until you get back home well, to see her? Well, the last time I saw her, I was celebrating my 70th birthday at CUH. And CUH gave us a room. And we had a few friends in and family and a couple of pilot friends from, from Cork that are good friends with me. And she was outside, and I went out and met her outside. Oh, well, that's excellent. So you could see her, and, and she, she could see you. So that that, that was fantastic. Bye-bye, see you, H. And a belated happy birthday to you. Uh, Dennis as well oh, for yeah. that so well done that that's a great initiative there by CUH for that to happen um, stay there Dennis because uh, as you mentioned you, you you were really enjoying what's happening with your recovery and, and, and thankfully you're doing well and the staff as you mentioned are fantastic in Dunleary but you really uh, want to get back home to Bantry don't you? Yeah I'm hoping to get a, a bed in Bantry Hospital until this build is complete at the moment I can't go home uh, because certain renovations and an extension must be com- completed. And and you're missing your friends and the community in Bantry? Well, I tell you now, I miss everyone in, in, in Bantry and my my workmates in Roa, the nicest, nicest family I ever worked with. And I celebrated 25 years service there in June as well Well that's oh. fantastic and I know they're all listening in this morning Dennis and I know it's a very emotional time for you where you were there and longing to be back in Bantry so and it's a fantastic yeah. year of service to be uh, working in any company uh, but Roa of course fantastic employers in the, in the Bantry well, area for 25 years stay there Dennis because we have Liam O'Brien on the other line Liam is involved with the organising side of things so that you can get back home uh, good morning to you Liam Morning, GP. And How thanks for joining us. We're fine, thanks. I mean, listening to Dennis there, and as he mentioned himself, he's extremely positive about this. And anybody who's in a situation like this or going through an illness will always say the positivity in your mind is what gets you through it. And I think this is obvious from chatting to Dennis there. And the big thing now is to get him home to Bantry at some stage. But his home does need to change than yeah. what it was for him to live in it. And and this yeah. is where the fundraising comes in. That's right. And you can hear from Dennis... Um, he has been very positive from the from the off, which is extraordinary. I remember seeing him the first week after the accident, and um, it was just it was amazing. He, he mentioned how to go, like you know, his acceptance of it, which is it's just um, it's a credit to the man. Uh, but I suppose to move to move it on, JP. Yes, we we started to go funnily page <clears throat> myself and two other guys, Damien Maloney and Dermot Murphy. We only started it last Wednesday. And we have a target of 50,000 up in it. And as of a while ago, we're just over 26,000 raised, which is phenomenal. That's you know, a huge 50%. amount. Uh, absolutely. In, um, 
you know, it's, it's a week, a week tomorrow, and we're and we're over fifty percent, which is fantastic. So, and donations have come in from from the UK, from America, even from South America, um, and it, you know, in all shapes and sizes, which is which is fantastic. But like, not only Damien and and Dermot, but you meant, um, Dennis mentioned Roa, and I have to thank uh, Mrs. Wagner and Joe Keane and Helen O'Donovan. They've been fantastic in the background, helping us. And driving out there and driving out, you know, to the media, to the press, um, and you know, these things they gather legs, and you do need a good team behind you. So, like with just myself and the two lads setting up, which which is good, but the whole community, um, like even organically, other fundraisers have started. People have come in to us, and they and they want to help in, in different ways. For example, abandoned printers have offered to do calendars now. They've donated a thousand calendars that we will put on sale, hopefully, you know, within the next 10 days. Um, all again, you know, free of charge that, that these people have come up with. So it's, 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 it's amazing what, the, what the, the community can do and, and how good people are. But we have, it, it's a big target to, to raise, JP. And, you know, it, it's, like, it's going to cost us more than the 50K that, that's on the target. But look, Rome wasn't built in a day. We have to take it step by step and, and let's see where we get to. So, there is a big push, you know, put on, and and, it, and it's continuing. I think there's going to be an article on the Southern Star this coming week. Um, there was an article on the Examiner last week. So it, it Dennis's story is getting pushed out there, and he also mentioned um, the aviation. Dennis's big hobby is is aviation, and there's a, a massive aviation community out there that know that knows Dennis Connolly, um, and the support he's getting is it's, it's phenomenal. Like you know, so. Well, Liam, first of all, on the calendars you mentioned there, we are giving the calendars a big mention here for charity, so be, be sure yep. to get one of those into us and we will definitely really plug cool. those for you when they're out and well done to the printers and what they're doing there. And also, when we mention, and we, we will share the GoFundMe page this afternoon mm-hmm. on our socials as well, but you mentioned there about the community. Would there be any yep. local tradespeople or anywhere in Cork that could give a handout to restructure the home and give their time, I wonder? I guess, you know, we're working in parallel with the local authority at the moment because there are house adaptation grants available and so forth. So we're, we're also going through that process at the moment with, with the local authority to see, you know, what is available or not to Dennis and his family. And, and look, so hopefully we'll, 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 we'll have an answer now within the next few weeks before Christmas. And it's after that, it's after that what we do, JP, is we will then look, I know we need a, we need a builder to build it and so forth, right, a tax-compliant builder and all of that. So... But I guess the, the main the main drive for the next number of weeks is is to raise some capital, and then in parallel, what's going on is, as I said, the house adaptation and talking to builders in the locality and all of that. So it's all going on in parallel. But but even you know the local traders, I mean, what they've donated to Dave to Dennis's fund, it's it, it, it's extraordinary. Like, yeah, know? and as you said, the capital is the most important thing first. And yeah. it would be great if any tradespeople listening could give a, a helping hand and volunteer to see if we can, you know, get this off the ground. And Dennis, I'm just looking at the texts and calls coming in here. You're a much loved person, not only in Bantry or, or across West Cork, but across the whole entire community of Cork. Uh, aviation as well there, as Liam mentioned, a lot of people who are involved in that game uh, in touch with us. And because of that, people are delighted you're doing well. But like you said yourself, you 
you wish to return to your favourite part of the world yeah. in Bantry and that is why we, we, we are discussing this I mean when we on about, talk about rehab there and what you're going through in Dunleary have they given you a time frame of when you could be leaving uh, Dunleary? Well they have given me a time frame frame of the 22nd of December but you know that's into Christmas so I don't want to be upheavaled and changed around I've decided to stay put here for for, for Christmas they're, they're a very good staff to be with and uh, I, I think I'd be better off here until there's a bit available in Bantry some, sometime after January So you're going to remain in Dunleary so by your own choice but you really think in January you will be you will be back to Bantry Yeah well I don't think there will be a, a bed in Bantry just before Christmas mm. and I think uh, this is the best situation for me, for my mental health and everything. And will you miss family for Christmas, Dennis, and friends? Pardon? Will you miss well, your family and friends for Christmas or will they be able to travel well, to you? Well, I must say my wife comes up here every Wednesday. She's just on the train going down now this morning. And I don't know how she does it. It's a hell of a long journey. Seven o'clock bus out of Bantry onto the train in Cork, onto the loose in uh, Houston Station onto the dark then for Dunleary and a taxi up. That's some travelling. That's she some. Leaves at, she leaves at seven and arrives around half three, and she has her own medical problems, underlying problems, with back problems, and all that too. Well, that's lo- that's love for you, Dennis. What's your wife's name? Mary. Mary. Well, well done to Mary. Uh, a fantastic coming, woman. Coming, but coming back to aviation. One thing I really miss is the airfield because that's where all these friends were made. But it's paying off for me now because I have some pilots here from around the Dublin area and they come in to me once a week. I have some influential people calling. Uh, John O'Shea, who founded Bowl, who was said in the door the other night to me and we had a great old chat. And I had a son of Justice Mr. Justice Dixon Costello uh, come in with one of the pilots and his father sat on the Whitty Tribunal in Bantry and we had a great chat about the Whitty Tribunal and the disaster which I love talking about as well. Indeed. Well, it's good you have those people calling in because it does, I suppose, considering the situation you're in, it brings a sense of normality as well for you and that uh, will, will help in your recovery. Uh, Dennis, can I wish you the very best of luck and will you stay in touch with us and tell us how your recovery is going and we'll keep in touch around Christmas and after Christmas uh, to check in with you and Liam, likewise, for the fundraising, we'll share the GoFundMe page on our social media later in the programme and uh, keep in touch to see how things are going and if we can help in any way at all, uh, just give us a call. Well, indeed. Uh, I, I, I would indeed, John, and and you know us, you know us lovely when I go into. I've been in three hospitals now, and to have our own product raw silk space there there in front of me and use. So I'm I'm promoting company products here in every in every hospital I go into as well. <laughs> Very good, sir. You're doing the work for for Roa so Dennis <laughs> in Dublin. <laughs> 
We have the best team in Roa. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be delighted with you in Roa being their sales rep, Paul Leary and Adon Leary. For the moment, uh, to both of you, uh, Dennis, uh, best of luck and recovery. We'll stay in touch. And likewise, Liam, thanks for joining thank us. You. Uh, thank you thank to you me. both. That is Liam O'Brien there uh, from Bantry in the fundraising aspect of what they are trying to do for Dennis and readapt his home so he can return home to Bantry. And indeed, Dennis Connolly there, um, who, as he said, suffering life-changing injuries, but is so positive and has a, a, a mind frame that I think will really get him through this when he returns back to Bantry hopefully in the new year and we will share details of that GoFundMe page you can Google it if you wish it's simply called Get Dennis Home if you want to Google that you'll get more information and we'll share that later and the very best of luck to the fundraising team and indeed to Dennis Connolly from Bantry what a lovely man 1850 our lines are open you can text or WhatsApp 086 Record today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 103. Consumers have been encouraged to sign up to a new app to stem the rising tide of dumped food. The food sharing app Olio connects neighbours to give away unwanted food and other items that may just end up in landfill. Its co-founder is Tessa Clark, who joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Tessa. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. First of all, what inspired you to create this? So I'm a farmer's daughter and so I grew up having a childhood full of lots of hard work. And as a result of that, I uh, recognize sort of what goes into producing the food we all eat every day. And so I have a pathological hatred for food waste. And so fast forward to a couple of years ago, and I was living overseas, moving back to the UK. And on moving day, the removal men told me I had to throw away all of our uneaten food. And obviously, I was not prepared to do that. So much that irritation, I stopped packing and instead bundled up my newborn baby and toddler and set out to the streets clutching this food hoping to find someone to give it to and to cut a long story short I failed miserably but I wasn't to be defeated so I went back to my apartment and when the uh, removal men weren't looking I smuggled the non-perishable food into the bottom of my packing boxes and I can remember so vividly just thinking I'm probably performing a criminal offence right now but to me it felt even more criminal to put perfectly good food in the bin when I knew there was someone probably within 100 metres of me who'd like it. They just didn't know about it. And that was when I thought, why isn't there an app for this? Very true, because earlier we spoke to charities who were looking for people to donate food for those who were unable to purchase it at the moment or are, are falling on a hard time. So it's a shame to see it going to waste. So well done for doing that. Not too sure if it was a criminal act or not, but uh, uh, at least you saved the food. Uh, but uh, when we all do our weekly shop and sometimes we, we plan for the week. Things can change in our work life, in our personal life. And then we realise on a Friday there's food there. It's going to go out of date. We're not going to eat it all by Saturday or Sunday. So I think we're all in the similar boat with this. What type of foods are people sharing? So we see people sharing all sorts of food. So lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, because people just, as you say, plans change. You're not quite going to get around um, to eating it in time. We have lots of people who do sort of a cupboard clear out. So you know you've got those kind of unwanted food gifts or those good intentions lurking at the back of the cupboard that you just know you're not realistically going to use. We also find people using the app, perhaps if they're going away for the weekend or they're going on holiday or perhaps they've over-catered for a party or unwanted food gifts. The key thing um, is that we really encourage everybody, sort of, no matter what it is, to give it a, give it a go and, and try adding it to the app because half of all the food added to the app is requested in less than 21 minutes. Uh, and so there's kind of no shortage of people that want free food. And when you download the app, I mean, is it easy to, to use? And how do you share the food items? Is it, do you take a photo or how does it work? 
Yeah, so it's really easy to use. So the app is uh, free to download and free to use, and you can uh, find it in the App Store and in Google Play. So it's Olio, O-L-I-O. And you just snap a photo of your food or other household items um, that you don't want and you want to give away. And then you add that to the app. And then neighbours living nearby get an alert, letting them know that something new has been added near them. They can then browse for the listings, request what they want, and then they pop round and pick it up. And you can either share sort of directly from your home, which is what most people do, or if you prefer, you can share from your workplace or arrange for the pickup to be in, in a public location, whatever you fancy. And can you change the radius then? I mean, does it go by suburbs? Is, yes. is there a 5k radius that you can change and, and, and move it around if you want to help people further out? Yeah, absolutely. So you can um, set your sort of distances of, of things that you want to see and be notified about down to a smaller sort of within 500 metres of you up to kind of five, five kilometres from you. The vast majority of sharing is, is local. Um, so it is taking place within sort of a, fi- a five or, or 10 minute walk. And while it's doing well in the UK, uh, in Ireland, are there some counties better at sharing than others? Yes, yeah, so we've had um, 36,000 people sign up in Ireland so far, um, which is fantastic. That's all just been happening sort of through um, word of mouth, which is great. And the most active uh, county is Dublin, followed by Cork, Kildare, Galway and Wicklow. Oh, so we're not doing too bad in Cork. We're in second place here second place. with that. So Come that, on, you can beat Dublin. That's Come good. On, we'll, do it. well, we'll have to beat Dublin. That's a big thing here in, in Ireland when it comes to Cork and Dublin. So we'll try and do our best with that. And I mean, it's it's a really great idea. I mean, some people would say that they've done it over the years, uh, but I suppose neighbourhoods have changed, and suburbs have changed, and cities they and have. towns have changed. So this is yeah. a new way of of people who may be new to the area or don't know their neighbours that you can share the food, so it doesn't get wasted. Uh, absolutely, you're spot on. And and what we've found is, because a lot of people ask us, they say, well, why is all this food being wasted? Because Irish households, by the way, throw away 700 euros worth of perfectly good food every year. And when you talk to people, no one enjoys throwing away food. And the reason why we throw away food is because we don't have anyone to give it to, because we don't know our neighbours and, and many people in our local communities, perhaps in the way that many of us used to. Uh, and so what Olio is aiming to do really is to kind of reconnect you with your neighbours and make it simple, safe, fast and fun to be able to give stuff away instead of throw it away. Yeah, and you, as you say, you could get to know your neighbours as well uh, yeah. while doing so. Uh, for the moment, Tessa, it's a fantastic idea. And as you mentioned, we do. I was looking at the EPA figures before I came on air and we have a huge amount of food wastage in this country, which is a shame, but hopefully uh, this will reduce it. So well done and thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Take care. That is Tessa Clark there, who is co-founder of the food sharing app Olio. And you can download that from the App Store or indeed from Google Play. And as we mentioned, communities have changed so much over the years. So for those who don't know their neighbours, it's a way of sharing food that otherwise could go in the bin or could indeed just simply go to waste. Our our lines are open. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. It's Cork Today, JP, until one. Our lines are open. Bernie 
taking your calls 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103 you can tweet us across the afternoon at C103 Cork and a lot of calls and comments first of all on something that we discussed earlier on in the show and this was the research carried out by Amorok Research and they track public opinion weekly on behalf of the Department of Health and one of their recent findings was that 56% of people want the government to go further with more restrictions as many people are cancelling their nights out and slashing their social contacts so uh, people themselves are taking their own measures in just simply reducing uh, social contacts with their friends and not going out basically in the hospitality sector over the last few days they have come out and they have noticed that since last week when uh, Tony Houlihan came out and basically said that people need to reduce and basically stop going out they have seen a number of cancellations for Christmas parties for friends meeting up and even couples going for a meal so it has had a knock on effect on how people are reacting themselves but some feel the government needs to go further with restrictions whether that will happen or not they have said they will look at this before Christmas but have never said that we will go back into lockdown but they could not rule out further restrictions and that is what was coming again when government TDs were being asked and indeed on the Taoiseach Michal Martin even yesterday asked about this you know things could change at any moment but we will have to wait and see if they do decide something but because of what we mentioned regarding the research by Amorak a lot of calls and comments into us first of all Tom Informoy who says the country just simply can't afford another lockdown. More people are getting depressed due to loneliness and not able to get out. 95% of people are doing the right thing and have to suffer due to the 5% who are ruining it for everyone else, says Tom in Formoy. While another texter here is saying, are these people getting paid to say all this about their restrictions? Open up the country. It is the HSC are the problem here. If doctors would see people that are sick, it might ease uh, the situation at the hospitals uh, with uh, no more restrictions we should continue on our lives says that person on WhatsApp while John says if we go into restrictions what happens when things go back to normal again? Yes, numbers will rise. We can't keep uh, this restrictions uh, on an on and off button phase. Some plan will have to be put in place so the public are treated better. Uh, a number of people uh, similar to what John is saying on text as well and WhatsApp, uh, similar comment, but basically saying the government do need a better plan than simply switching on and off restrictions that it's unfair on the public and businesses and Tim on that vein says it's very unfair on the hospitality and businesses that will be affected if other restrictions come in they need to get their act in place and run the country and sort out the health service for once and for all Don feels it's again a certain minority in this country that are leading to the majority being locked up if we do have restrictions Don is in for my and he feels something needs to be done uh, with those who who are, first of all, disobeying all the public orders on what we should be doing to reduce uh, not only social contacts, but to reduce any virus, any any illness by sanitising, washing your hands. There are people out there who feel that COVID does not exist. But yet, Don Informoy feels that these people never came across hard times and it would be no harm if they maybe someday took a stroll in and around a hospital and see the reality of what goes in on in a hospital 
nothing to do with COVID, just in general. I think Don says some people have no idea uh, about bad health and that's why they grow around with that attitude, uh, says Don in Formoy on WhatsApp to 0862103103. Graham is in Newcastle West and Graham says, I don't think restrictions are the way to go. We have had lockdowns before and they obviously don't work. We as a country are nearly all vaccinated and still numbers are rising. We will all have to live with this virus and limit our interactions as it isn't going away ever uh, feels Graham in Newcastle West while Jerry says he feels the government and the, the state basically need to invest in our hospitals as this is the main reason for these restrictions the lack of investment over the years by all governments in our hospital network is leading to this and Jerry says I get very frustrated when I hear opposition parties of all and then those in government speak about our hospital network and these restrictions all those are long enough in Dáil be that in opposition or in power surely they could have had some influence over the years on how our hospitals are run and indeed on bed capacity on ICU and on the big issue of staffing but no they were all playing party politics and now who is suffering? The public are, yes, every one of them will promise this, that and the other thing when it comes to election time. I think the people won't forget them all this time, no matter what party they are, because they have failed our health service and have failed the doctors and nurses who work in our health service. That is leading to all this upheaval for the various societies across this country, says Jerry. Uh, your views are welcome. Uh, mixed views when it comes to those restrictions and if more should be put in place, yeah, more research, uh, they're saying that people want the government to go further and I would say in our calls and texts there's a 50-50 on that. Anyhow, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 We spoke about Visit the Poll there uh, and with them earlier on this was on how people they've launched their annual appeal and people who are working who do budget who do everything they can they are still falling on hard times they are still struggling to meet demands they are giving money to other members of their family and then going without food or money for themselves we gave examples earlier of how people uh, not so much money but just simply looking for food and the basics of bread eggs and milk and butter just to get them through the two three or four days until uh, they get a wage packet into their hands and they can do a shop again and a lot of the reason they run out of money or food is because they are simply giving it to other family members who were in the same situation many of them children and then not telling uh, their children what exactly uh, is happening to them because they want their, their children to be happy I suppose uh, anyhow uh, on this uh, some people have mixed views on what SVP have been saying to us one of them is a listener in Donneril who says I fell on hard times about 10 years ago and I had a newborn baby and my ESB was about to be cut off so I went to them for help and I was told that first of all I had a job and I should be able to budget and budget with my money. In the end my ESB was cut off so um, I suppose it depends on who you're dealing with as well. Like everything in life the person you deal with can be the one that will change your life rather than any organisation and it's the people and the, the person you would talk to uh, and that can be in a company it could be running a country it can be anything 
it's up to the person or the individual involved uh, should I say but you know I, I think anybody that would overall would say that SVP have helped them there always is going to be cases like the texter there in Donrell in that situation and again it can go down to the person you're dealing with but hopefully you're in better times now there uh, to that listener in the Donrell area and I mentioned about the uh, fire situation with regards to smoky coal and cosy fires that the Environmental Protection Agency want us all to leave behind and break our relationship with the open fire. Uh, well, we're hopefully going to discuss that on tomorrow's show. Pat, uh, first of all, reacting to this, says, John Paul, the idiot that came up with the idea of a house with no fire or chimney should be, as Pat says, bathed down the road with ash plants as all these tank clowns or think tank clowns, as Pat says, should be pushed uh, and basically taught a lesson. Uh, Pat very angry over uh, the situation and uh, Liam saying, I'm not too sure who comes up with the ideas, but why in God's name do any of the new homes not have a chimney? Uh, my son has built a, uh, or bought a house recently in the city area and there is no fire or chimney. No, it works fine. The house is very uh, well insulated and it's very warm with the heating system he has but I could not live in a house without a fire says Liam well it's the way that they want you to go and the EPA uh, are out because of air quality and one of the towns with the worst air quality over the last seven days in the Cork area is the town of McCroom and they say that it's simply down to smoke in the atmosphere uh, and that's going back to people having their cosy fires and the EPA are saying that we need to break up that relationship with the cosy fire uh, so I know are certain areas of the county, certain towns have smokeless uh, coal uh, in them and in, in the area because simply you can't burn smoky coal. So smokeless coal is the only option for you. And all areas of the city, I think, are within the catchment that you can only burn smokeless coal you can't light a fire with smoky coal now I'm sure if you walk around certain areas you will uh, get the smell of turf in certain suburbs across the city uh, at certain times of the year and that is something the Environmental Protection Agency want to stop so your views are welcome on that we'll hopefully chat to them uh, tomorrow morning on the programme but we welcome your views on the end of the relationship with the open fire or any Cozy fire is what they say. Uh, 1850 333 103. Our lines are open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And not too sure how people feel about doing the housework, but it does seem that those of us who do the vacuuming or the uh, washing up or the ironing, uh, what can often seem like uh, thankless tasks within the households and all those various chores, well, they might be the key to staying healthy in your old age because the study. And that is out today reveals that over 65s who spend a lot of time on housework have better physical strength and mentally are sharper and have greater protection against falls. The health benefits of housework remains regardless for people's other physical activities and it shows, and I think there was about 500 people took part in this survey, uh, those aged between 21 and 90 were quizzed about the frequency of chores and other types of physical activity they carry out and given a housework intensity score. So light housework was defined as washing the dishes or dusting or making a bed or doing the laundry, ironing, tidying up or cooking meals. And the heavy housework then included window cleaning, changing beddings, uh, hoovering or vacuuming the house, washing or scrubbing the floor and DIY. So do you do all of that? Well, if you do, you're going to be a healthier person and a stronger person uh, as you go into older age. But overall, housework, while a lot of us hate it and some of us just get up and just simply do it, 
I'm not sure how you feel about it. You can let us know, but it has to be done at some stage. But there are the benefits to it. If you are one of those, do you enjoy housework? I think for me, usually it's on a Sunday afternoon when I leave the studios here after the, the Sunday show. And you just in that mood to keep on working and I simply get it done then because you're in that frame of mind so do you have to be in a frame of mind just to simply get it done uh, your views are welcome on housework 1850 333 103 and text or whatsapp 086 103 103 and the Premier League live it's back this Saturday on C103.ie with Trevor Welch powered by TalkSport will bring you live coverage of Arsenal and Newcastle United at 12.30 Crystal Palace take on Aston Villa at 3 and Brighton take on Leeds United at 5.30. The Premier League live online with Now. Stream live Premier League action with Now Sports and Sports Extra membership. You can listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to c103.ie. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Cronin's Electrical in Coolmain and Kilbritton have Christmas lights display each day and they run from 4pm to 11pm in aid of CUH Charity Fund. Donations are welcome on site or indeed online at idonate.ie forward slash Christmas lights and Friday Night Bingo in Mallow GAA Complex that is cancelled due to the rising numbers of COVID cases and the Blackwater Sub Aqua Club they have postponed their open nights which were scheduled for Thursday and Friday of this week. If you are interested though in finding out more about the club you can contact them through their Facebook page or call Kenneth on 086 101 8524 after 6 o'clock. And we spoke with Dennis Connolly from Bantry earlier following a road accident earlier this summer. He is recovering in Dunleary in the National Rehabilitation Centre there. They're looking after him very well but for the future he will return to Bantry and because of that his house needs to be readapted and the fundraising team in Bantry are getting behind him to see if they can raise funds via GoFundMe page. If you search for Get Dennis Home on Google you'll get it there. We'll also share details later on the program and they want Dennis to return home to a fully adapted house where he can live in because he will need uh, the house to be adapted following the injuries he sustained in that accident in June. Uh, But a lot of people were listening to the interview and first of all, Theresa from Bantry was on the road that day the crash happened. She saw three squad cars with lights flashing heading towards the scene uh, and she came across it. So she says for uh, Christmas, for local people in Bantry, they should be giving donations to Dennis instead of giving useless presents this year so someone is thinking of deciding what to give someone and you can't decide well maybe let them know that you've uh, donated to Dennis uh, instead this year in Bantry and uh, get them something small instead maybe and that donation will go a long way for Dennis who I must say is a much loved resident of the Bantry area going on the calls and texts we got this morning and one of those from his fellow colleagues in Roa where they say hello to Dennis wishing you all the best from all the packing staff in Roa in Bantry and on restrictions uh, as I say, a lot of mixed views on this. Uh, first of all, the girls in Mallow say that we have to live with our lives and just simply get on with things now at this stage. While John is in Roscommon, he says, Hi JP, we opened too early. Thousands in the Aviva, no masks, thousands getting into nightclubs. Uh, Tony Houlihan said, for people to keep your distance. Well, it's very hard to keep your distance in football stadiums and in nightclubs, says John. And I was reading this morning some good news for the Jersey cable car because Bor Pranola has given the green light 
site for a new cable car and a visitor centre to serve Dursey Islands and in granting permission for this Cork County Council project on Borpanola has overruled the strong recommendation of its own inspector to refuse planning and currently the existing cable car system it was built in 1969 and upgraded since and it brings just over 20,000 visitors per annum to Jersey and Cork County Council proposed an annual cap of almost five times that at 100,000 visitors to the new cable car system. On that Michael is in Castletown Bear on WhatsApp he says Hi JP in the 60s and in the 70s, the winds of change were blowing for clergy and politicians. In the 60s, the late turbulent Father Matthew Keane, parish priest of the parish of Ahleys, was the main driver behind the cable car for Jersey Island, in which the Cork County Council duly delivered on the 5th of December 1969 and was officially opened by Jack Lynch TD. Fast forward to the late 70s and early 80s, another turbulent Jesuit priest, Father Dermot Pritzian, landed on Tory Island, an island in despair as the government was rehousing all of them on the mainland against their will. Being the more turbulent man he was, he called a halt to any more leaving and the rest is history. Incidentally, it was the prophecy of Donegal born St. Colum Kill that Tory would never become in uninhabited. Today, they must be rejoicing in heaven with Tory Ireland in full bloom and life beginning in earnest for Dursey Island and indeed the Beira Peninsula, something that should have happened 30 years ago. God bless and Bor Panola. I remember when they tried to make the Beira Peninsula a special scenic landscape. The people of Beira suffered for years at the hands of a chosen few. I wouldn't worry too much about the bird watchers. They receive millions from the EU, says Michael O'Sullivan in Castletown Bear. And on people staying and living in the Beira Peninsula, and you would hope that more people will choose those areas to live. I know a number of my mates who would have been living in cities such as here in Cork City or in Dublin City. And they have moved from Dublin and Cork City back home to West Cork. And some of those areas could be to Clonakilty, could be Skibbereen. Uh, could be Bandon and could be, as you mentioned there, Michael, the Beira Peninsula uh, and Doris and areas where people are uh, moving back to because... They were only in the big cities for work. And then when the first lockdown came, they realised that life simply was better. They weren't caught in a rat race and they felt that it was easier and they could work from home or from their new home while having stunning views and not getting caught up in the rat race and having a sense of community. And it's amazing how that has changed people's lives and how where where I'm living in the city, we had a big, we still have a community there, but I had a big network of friends from home from West Cork living there. Not a set of good few there, But a lot of them in the last year or two have decided to move back. And since the first lockdown, they've made that choice of, well, you know, they they realised they were at home for those two or three months and they'd rather be at home and they're all moving back and uh, buying houses uh, in uh, various areas. So hopefully that is something that will continue for all parts of the county and for all areas uh, like the Barra Peninsula. Michael, thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103. And I want to give this a mention because we always get calls about AIR and people finding it hard to get through to phone companies. Well, AIR is setting up a dedicated phone line for people aged 65 and older. It's teaming up with Age Action and Age Friendly Ireland to support the service. It's backed by a team of care agents who are specifically trained to work with customers in that age group. And the phone number for this new line for AIR for people over 65 is one 800 252 
0800-222-252 and it will be opened from 10am to 4pm Monday to Friday. It's 1-800-252-252 a dedicated phone line for people aged 65 and older that AIR is setting up to deal with those customers and we always get calls about them so hopefully that will help a lot of people. 1850-333-103 is our phone line and we're going to be joined by Joe Heffernan next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And finally on the restrictions, Peter saying three weeks ago the CMO said it was safe for people to go out again to nightclubs and pubs and now the usual they have made another turnaround and a U-turn and the government also agrees with them says Peter and a lot of people saying once they open up we go back to restrictions so uh, a lot of mixed views on that something I'm sure we'll discuss as the week goes on but let's turn to our usual on a Tuesday afternoon this is our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan who joins us good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon, JP. And I know this week we're going to check in very shortly on a topic. And this is seven habits of highly effective couples. And we'll probably yep. do this this week and next week. But I know mm-hmm. you want to give a brief mention to something you are involved with. People will be uh, familiar that you're a singer as well, apart from a counsellor. Yep. And you're involved with this new city that is going to be brought out soon. We have played a few um, singles from that over the last few months. And this is an aid of the Air Ambulance. And it's been Absolutely. produced... Uh, with the generosity of Leo Fitzgerald of Music Row and Mike Fitzgerald of Star Tracks. Absolutely. And there are 23 tracks on it. It's a really brilliant, brilliant CD. Um, now, we're launching it on the 12th, Sunday, the 12th of December at Star Tracks in Knocknagree. And as you said, every cent will go to direct, directly to the air ambulance. Music on the day will be by Peter Burke. Now, it's going to be run strictly, absolutely in accordance with the COVID HSE government guidelines. Vaccination certs will be checked. Masks must be worn. And each person will be obliged to sign in and give a contact number. And the ventilation at Star Trek is brilliant because it's a very, very high ceiling venue. So we'll make it as safe as humanly possible and strictly in accordance with the guidelines. So we're hoping for great support from the public for a great cause, the Air Ambulance, which has done sterling work um, in our area and, and further afield as we all know. It has indeed, yeah, based out yeah. of Rathcool there near Mill Street they do fantastic yeah. work right across Munster and uh, a very worthy cause as you say, so be sure to get uh, the city into us Joe and we can mention that and we'll have more details on that over the next number of weeks but well done to everybody Great. there, all the musicians and the lads in uh, Leo and yeah. Mike as well there in Star Tracks. Now, yeah. uh, this is... Uh, Sunday, Sunday the 12th of December, the afternoon music by Peter Burke. So, um... Yeah, that actually yeah, feeds into the first two of our seven habits. I was going to say, it, it does It does actually, because uh, on this, uh, as you say, highly effective couples. When you say that, first of all, Joe, I mean, we are discussing the seven habits of highly effective couples. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, couples that are making their relationship work um, well, I suppose, in, in very plain language that... Um, you know, that these um, uh, seven uh, habits, we can call them if we like, uh, seven um, uh, tips, um, you know, um, uh, to 
to make your um, uh, relationship uh, effective and working well and two happy people. Yeah. And to do this then, as you say, you've got line seven here and a lot of people are saying this morning when I said you were coming on discussing this, it's been tough for them over the last year and a half or two years, especially those who are in new relationships and at the boyfriend, girlfriend stage and they're not always able to see each other due to what's going on and due to them being afraid of maybe bringing something into someone's household and it can get awkward for them. So uh, for them, they're wondering how can they structure their time together and that's something you're you're looking at here, Joe, uh, in a way of fun and also in a way of friendship. Yes, I mean, because the first one of the seven habits um, is uh, structure time for fun and friendship. And that's so important for all of us now um, to just find a couple of outlets where we're not cooped up, where we're not um, uh, thinking what are today's numbers all the time. Um, So um, to structure the time for fun and friendship, time to relax and to enjoy each other uh, without um, trying to, as it were, fix your partner or give advice. Um, have a chat together about what would you maybe like to do for a little bit of a break um, uh, in in the next week or so. And we're not talking about flying off to um, New York or Dubai we're talking about maybe having a meal out together, um, uh, maybe going to the cinema, which is back now, um, and we're all uh, delighted with that, um, or maybe just set aside a day to be together. Um, you know, it could be to go to the park, go to the city, um, uh, do a bit of window shopping at local shops, um, see what's available, and... Um, Maybe not have any great, great, um, you know, definite plan, but um, see how the day goes as, as as you go along. And would you keep that day, Joe, then full of fun and kind of friendship? You wouldn't start talking about maybe what we were discussing earlier and the mixed views people have on if there is or is not going to be forthcoming restrictions due to the rising COVID numbers. You, you would stay away from those issues and, and keep it happy? Absolutely. Make it a fun day. Um, uh, and and make uh, when when a day out or, or a, whatever we call it is arranged um, to keep uh, the contentious uh, things off limits. No arguments, no discussion of issues that are um, you know uh, serious issues. There'll be a time for that, and we'll come to that next. But um, on a, on a, on a fun day out or on a meal out to just avoid. Um, uh, subjects that kind of bring the whole atmosphere down um, that, uh, that are you know areas of um, areas of anxiety, worries whatever to kind of um, let's take a little bit of time out from them now and uh, maybe talk about whatever the, the most recent book you read, the film that you liked um, uh, plans for maybe um, a further a uh, bit of fun time, um, but keep it light and uh, and uh, that would be a kind of a rule, as it were, no very serious stuff um, when we're having a bit of uh, fun time. And then when you meet up again and you plan to meet up at another point in that week, 
Is that maybe when your next meeting should be about setting goals or uh, maybe talking about your commitment to each other? Absolutely. That, that have what we'll call um, a weekly couples meeting. In other words, like, okay, we're both free on Wednesday night. Um, uh, let's sit down and um, uh, make a bit of a plan or, um, you know, set a few goals uh, and... and uh, maybe discuss uh, problematic areas, um, you know, and also taking time to uh, to value the other person um, and to say that, um, you know, that you're glad that they're in your life and that, um, uh, you know, that you feel um, that, uh, that you have uh, a dear friend and... Um, uh, Generally, um, having that time uh, very specifically for, okay, these are a couple of things we really need to do. Um, uh, let's uh, make those few phone calls or send that email or um, fill in that form or whatever it is, um, kind of stuff that, uh, that needs to be done. And, uh, you know, as I say, I like to pick a time that uh, suits you both, um, uh, you know, not maybe two minutes after a person comes in after a day's work or, yeah. or, or, um, or, or gets up from a computer after a day's work at home, um, uh, you know, uh, that this would be um, a, a designated time for, for, the, for those kind of things. So... On the first three issues there, like, we'd be kind of saying, don't let the serious issues impinge on the fun and friendship times and um, and do have uh, uh, a designated time. Do set up a time that suits both um, to discuss uh, stuff that needs to be discussed. Maybe switch off the phone um the last thing you want on an arranged uh, chat like that to to sort out a few things that need to be sorted out. The last thing you need is that one of the people gets a phone call and then is on the phone for 20 minutes um, and that kind of knocks the um, momentum out of the, the the meeting. I kind of hesitate to call it a meeting. That sounds very formal, kind of, I know, but, um, formal. Up, yeah. but anyway, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned there about the value of your partner and this leads into, I suppose, the next issue of problem solving. We can we can go into that in more detail next week, but just touching it for today because Karen, and while Karen has sent in a text, Dennis has just sent in another one, but they're very similar. Uh, whereas Karen is after, after a recent breakup, she tells me, but she felt that her partner didn't really uh, commit to her by way of her work she works 12 hour shifts and that would involve weekend work his issue was that she was not available to meet up on either a Saturday or a Sunday every second or third week uh, this annoyed him and she explained that you know she can meet up but after an outside of work but then she would be very tired after a long working day in the end it led to a problem they could not solve and they broke up she said maybe he needed someone who was a Monday to Friday worker and not a shift worker like Karen and 
Dennis then has more or less the exact same story just from a, a male side of it so I suppose in that side of it maybe it just was never going to work out if they don't understand each other I mean you have to realise the day of 95 I suppose is nearly gone uh, and people will have to factor in work commitments with their personal life and that will involve a relationship but if someone can't I suppose commit to that or understand a person's long working hours and that it does involve a Saturday or Sunday then they'll have to use this uh, problem solving model you talk about Joe Absolutely and to kind of see it as a triangle you have um, uh, the two people's names and the top two corners of the triangle and then the third uh, corner of the triangle is the problem so that the discussion is both people um, uh, concentrating on the problem and um, seeing the problem uh, as, uh, is as a, a situation that we need to resolve um, rather than it turning into um, a, a personal attack. We've often said on the program so many times about I statements. You know, um, I feel upset when when we don't meet up at the weekend, rather than you're never there at the weekend. The first thing is expressing a feeling. The second way is kind of making um, an, a criticism. Um, so that um, uh, yeah, to try and resolve the problem, um, uh, and and if it can't be resolved one way, well then to try and resolve it another way. For example, if the weekend is not good um, for maybe a day out, well then, um, maybe uh, work around uh, talking about the seven days of the week and maybe picking one day where it can be an us day, as it were. Um, but, uh, yeah, that can be a problem. Uh, I, I would have, I've worked in, and worked with couples, and that comes up quite a bit, quite a bit, where... Um, where somebody is on split shifts or where somebody is on shift work or where somebody is working at the weekends. And, you know, I would have heard quite a lot the statement of we never meet or we don't have any time together. Now, of course, that is um, a a situation that isn't by any way, um, by any means perfect. But... um, uh, you know, it can, it can, there can be um, uh, a resolution to, there's always some resolution uh, to a problem. But if the problem is approached as a problem, rather than what you're doing or, um, uh, you know, is not good kind of thing, um, that's different because that's not approaching it as, we're working together now to try and solve this problem. And yeah, and Dennis is making that point as well. Whereas it was a problem for his girlfriend, uh, Dennis is saying that he felt that because her line of work didn't involve and she never did shift work, she couldn't see his point of view. No matter how much he tried to explain that, you know, it wasn't his choice. This is the way his life works with regards to his work placement and how his employment works and I suppose how his career will go. Uh, but yeah. she could never get that side of it. So, you know, that, that, that as you say, that is all part of the uh, trying to understand uh, rather than going in as a problem. We'll continue on that side of it, Joe, on the show next week. Before I let you for go, sure. a few texts in, including Mike and Bantry, the city we spoke about for the Air Ambulance. Is that on sale now or will it be on sale shortly? It will be on sale on the day, maybe a couple of days before it. The final finishing touches are being put to it now. 
Um, uh, Leo is working hard on that. Um, uh, so there, there will be, I hope, thousands of, well, all right, hundreds of them um, available um, on the day and leading up to Christmas. And, and we'll let people know yeah, we'll let people know where they are for sale we uh, near the time for the moment Joe thanks yeah. for joining us and we'll chat to you next Tuesday that is Joe Heffernan who's an accredited councillor based in Boerhebui and you can contact him on 086-834-8145 that's it we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10am enjoy your Tuesday afternoon Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.